Welcome educators, parents, and scholar gamers to the Academy of Esports episode 11. I'm your host, James O'Hagan. This is the podcast where I delve into topics surrounding esports and education. Esports are organized competitive video games, allowing schools to redefine their athletic culture, diversify opportunities for student participation, promote physical and mental health, increase collegiate scholarship pathways, and play games. We cannot forget the importance of play. The mission of the Academy of Esports is to support these ideals. The vision of the Academy of Esports is for all students to experience the fun and joy of playing competitive video games. In this episode, we will look at the ISTE standards for education leaders. This coming week is the annual ISTE conference in Chicago. There will be many leaders in ed tech and those hoping to lead. This podcast will focus on speaking to those leaders in particular. So let's get started. And if you hear any of a background noise, I am recording today a little early in the day. I have my windows open because it is a beautiful day here in Racine, Wisconsin uh, in late June. Uh, We have not had many beautiful days, but my windows are open, so I'm enjoying the fine weather. So if you hear sirens or kids playing outside, that's just the Midwest of the United States. That's just the way it is. Um, Yes, so last week I focused on the uh, ISTE standards for students, which were adopted in 2016. And connected those into uh, the field of esports and and why an educator would want to approach using um, the SD standards when evaluating esports and why it would be good for schools to embrace esports um, into their culture. Um, so ISTE went ahead and created a set of standards for education leaders. Now, if you're not aware, and I wanted to remind our audience in case there's anybody who's new or listening for the first time. ISTE is the International Society for Technology and Education, and it is an organization that is an international group. It is one that there are chapters all over the world. In fact, I hosted, I was the chair of their Wisconsin conference that they held here last spring. Um, I don't always agree with the ISTE organization. I am not going to be attending the ISTE conference itself this year in Chicago, even though Chicago is only about an hour away from me. I have spent, or I have uh, presented, no, I haven't presented, I uh, have attended the conference in the past, um, and I have presented at affiliate um, conferences, but not at the ISTE conference itself. Um, There is actually, I want to point out, there will be one presentation this year at the ISTE conference around the field of esports, and that is going to be hosted by Tom Turner who is a uh, curriculum director at Ocean County, or excuse me, Orange County Schools in Southern California, and Kurt Squire from University of California at Irvine. They're going to be talking about how you can um, bring in STEM and English learning into esports and bring it all together into this wonderful uh, curriculum that they have put together. Um, I have seen the curriculum. I think it looks fabulous. And if you are at all interested in esports, and you will be attending the SD conference, I highly recommend attending their session. I believe it's on Tuesday. I will put a link to the session in the show notes going forward. But looking at the SD standards for education leaders, I thought was important because um, many of the people who will be attending the conference, like I said, are those who are either in leadership positions or who want to lead. And it's also important to note that... um, the conference, uh, the ISTE organization, the conference as a whole, used to focus a lot around how we could bring in technology um, into our classrooms and, and enhance uh, student learning. 
If you look back at the organization, um, it used to focus a lot about how a computer, how you could do wonderful things with a computer. And one of the big debate questions that Seymour Papert brought up years ago was, is it, was about the idea of the child programming the computer, not the other way around. And I feel in, in the last several years, especially when you walk the vendor hall, you will find companies selling boxes of magic that insist on telling you that they will help with reading scores and help with math scores and help your students at attain learning standards that they, they can't normally do in the classroom. And that is computers programming the child. Um, I am of the mindset of having kids using technology in ways that allows them to uh, program the computer itself. So um, having computers that are so locked down that you can't do basic things like digging into the operating system, adding your own pieces of software, uh, programming your own pieces of software. There's some school districts I know that when it comes to computer programming, they would rather not have their students, especially at a young age, have access and ability to do that because it might teach them something um, nefarious. And we cannot operate from this position of, of fear when using technology to help educate our children, to, to allowing our children to explore it, to break it, to use it um, in a responsible way and teach them how to use it in a responsible way. And a lot around esports, there is um, a lot of focus in on the game. And I, I've said it before, and if you're a first-time listener, I want to say it again. When we're talking about esports, when we're talking about competitive, organized video game play, there is much more to the whole thing than just the game, than just the scholar gamer. The scholar gamer is a term that I started using uh, a couple of months ago. Uh, as opposed to esports athlete. I think esports athlete narrows the discussion down way too much. The scholar gamer, however, though, allows us to broaden the tent under which we bring students because a scholar gamer could be somebody with a passion or an interest in video games, but maybe not in playing the game themselves. So it might be somebody who instead wants to help with analysis or team management or uh, organizing tournaments and events, or wants to be involved as a shoutcaster, a broadcaster, if you will, of esports events, so, or even being a coach. So there's a lot more that we can do when we broaden the term out from scholar gamer as opposed to esports athlete. Esports athlete, again, is very narrow. It's a, something within the scholar gamer concept. And, and as I've been thinking about this topic and thinking about that term, I've been trying to flesh it out a little bit more and refine it and redefine it um, as I go through. And I've almost, I think I've come up with a pretty good descriptor of it, but it's something that um, I have begun doing um, writing around and thoughts around, and it's something that I feel is a very exciting uh, prospect for us to explore in further podcasts, further episodes that you may see on YouTube. So I just wanted to make sure I brought that up. Now, the SD Standards for Education Leaders. There are five of them, so it's not going to require us two episodes to go through, and if, if this episode goes over 30 minutes, this episode goes over 30 minutes, but there's five standards, and I feel that it is important and necessary to get this episode out as early as I can on Sunday, because that's when the conference starts, and I want to make sure that there are people at attending the conference who 
maybe can start to look at things through the visuals that I'm going to provide because my last couple of years attending the conference, um, I have been disappointed in some of the selections that people attend. Um, rather than talking about broad ideas that extend learning, ideas that really promote thinking of, of education in a different way, I've seen a lot of things such as breakout EDU. Uh, I've seen things using Google Apps in a million different ways. I've seen people who peddle some of the most um, sounding, I shouldn't say dangerous ideas, but ideas that are meant to be very forward thinking, but in fact are uh, not transformative at all um, in education. Um, so it is important that when I'm talking about esports, understand that I am talking about creating a whole new culture in your school building that isn't necessarily going to show up in your math class or your uh, English class or your science class. It's going to show up in everything. And it's going to show up in some of the strangest places that you may not expect because of the broadness of the tent. Are esports a silver bullet for educators? No. And I would never say that it's going to be a silver bullet that's going to, to fix all of your problems. But what I will say is that if you are not taking advantage of esports right now in your schools, education leaders, you are missing out on a tremendous opportunity. You are, you, if, you're, if you're not exploring the topic right now, then you're just going to be missing out. And, and this is going to be something you're going to miss out on greatly. And you will be uh, quick to try to get things started. And again, the focus is not the gamer. The focus is the, the medium, which is a medium to something more. So when we're talking about the standards here, let's look at this first standard here. The first standard, and again, I will link this in our show notes, is the ISTE standard for education leaders. Step one, or, or standard one, I should say, equity and citizenship advocate. And the standard reads as follows. Leaders use technology to increase equity, inclusion, and digital citizenship practices. Education leaders, and then it goes on to some indicators. Now, they gave four indicators. As I looked at the, at the four indicators, there were three of those four indicators that I picked out that I felt eSports does a great job of being reflected in or as a vehicle to provide um, educators way to, to evaluate the benefits. So first of all, uh, in, in standard one, the second indicator, indicator B says, ensure all students have access to the technology and connectivity necessary to participate in authentic and engaging learning opportunities. Now, for a lot of students, esports are authentic. 90% of children ages 14 to 21 uh, identify as being a gamer. Those are males, and females around 60-65% identify as gamers. And what we're saying is using technology in a way that honors that interest, that uh, is engaging for students, that um, is authentic in the learning opportunity for the students, okay? So, uh, um, standard uh, indicator two, the second one I saw, which was C, says model digital citizenship by critically evaluating online resources, engaging in civil discourse online, and using digital tools to contribute to positive social change. Um, our world is a much bigger place than a lot of our students realize, and that's okay. A lot of our students don't realize how big the world is because their world sometimes is their town or their school. 
Uh, very few students um, have, have a worldly view about things. Even in cities like New York City, where you have one of the largest populations in the world, um, you're, you may still be defined by your neighborhood rather than the city as a whole. There are students I know in the city of Chicago who have never seen Lake Michigan, even though the city of Chicago is on Lake Michigan. They've never been to the beach. Um, students in Los Angeles, for example, who have never been to the beach. It's important for us to understand that esports, not just in, in, in engaging our students in the building, also allows them to connect into a broad global culture. Um, South Korea, China, Brazil, Denmark, Spain. Um, these are all countries that are esports heavy. And by connecting into these cultures through esports, our students then begin to see a broader connection into the rest of the world, different languages, different worldviews. Um, it is more important than ever for our students to be connected into that uh, realm and to start making uh, questions and finding their own answers about their, their place in the world and how we all connect. The fourth indicator of the standard, indicator D, says cultivate responsible online behavior, including the safe, ethical, and legal use of technology. Toxicity. If you don't know what toxicity is, toxicity is exactly as, as it sounds. It's toxic. It's toxic online culture. And unfortunately, esports does have a problem with toxic online culture. It is very, esports currently is very male dominated. Um, and it is, uh, it doesn't take long to find toxicity in, in esports culture. You can do a search for it. What I'm proposing is, is that through, by broadening the umbrella, by broadening the tent and including more students into esports, what you're doing then is starting to shift the social pressure, to shift the social mindsets uh, and constructs of the esports culture. Because by broadening the tent, now you're bringing in more females. You're bringing in people of different perspectives. You're more normalizing what um, the esports culture needs to be, which is reflective of our society. And it needs to be more... Um, it needs to be something that is a little more accepting. This is a fantastic opportunity that we have using esports as a vehicle for good social change to bring in students who will, when a toxic situation happens, call it out and say, you can't say things like that. That's not appropriate for you to say here, um, to know that, that, um, that by broadening that tent again, we are starting then to dilute the toxicity and push back against the toxicity online. The second standard, the second SD standard, is the visionary planner standard. And it says as follows, leaders engage others in establishing a vision, strategic plan, and ongoing evaluation cycle for transforming learning with technology. The key to me that is transforming learning with technology, okay? So the indicators. There were five indicators that they gave, and again, there were three, three indicators that I felt were best reflected in eSports, those being the first, second, and third indicator, A, B, C. So in indicator A, it says, engage education stakeholders in developing and adopting a shared vision for using technology to improve student success, 
informed by the learning sciences. Engage education stakeholders. Who are your stakeholders? A lot of people may say that the education stakeholders are the teachers, the administrators, the parents. A lot of people forget students, and a lot of people forget the outside community, community too. Even though a, a, um, a person may not have a child in the school itself, those community members are still staked in the success of their schools. So it is important when we're talking about esports to engage all our stakeholders and to, and to, to um, bring them in so that we do improve student success. Esports for the last several years has been very student driven. Um, if you are a student who is trying to bring esports into your school, you need to pay particular attention to this part because informed by the learning sciences, what do the learning sciences say about activities? Notice I didn't say esports, I just said activities, but I didn't say uh, esports because there is no specific data. Specific data from the Department of Education says by engaging a student in an activity in a school, an extracurricular activity, so call that what you will. Every school may redefine or define what an extracurricular activity may be, it's something outside the normal curriculum. Um, some schools may say band is part of it, others may say it's not, choir, those kind of things. But things like football, baseball, basketball, debate team, um, uh, mock trial, uh, plays, things that you're not normally expected to do in school. Um, when you start to engage students in those things, a few things happen. Number one, you're going to find that your attendance rates increase. Now, you may have a school that has, uh, and, and many schools track this data. Some schools do not track this data. It's important probably that you should because if you're not tracking this data, you may be missing out on a golden opportunity here. But if you can get your students on average nationwide, it should be about 80% of your students are participating in an extracurricular activity. Before doing anything else, before you start investing in all these other um, academic programs, curriculum rewriting, whatever it is, look and see what your um, involvement is with student activities. Because if it's not at least 80%, you're leaving easy found money on the table. Those students who are not participating, or excuse me, those students who are participating are going to be more likely to attend class, are going to be more likely to have a GPA of over 3.0, and they're going to be more likely to take AP courses. Those are the students at the high school level that we really want uh, engaged, okay? That's just by having them involved in an activity. Again, that activity is not defined, but what eSports does is it allows students who maybe don't identify with physical contact sports or physical sports in general, or maybe have a disability where they can't participate in physical activity, or students who are scared of being on stage, students who are, are scared to perform in a live event. Those students may be ones who are happy to perform in an online environment. Um, there's many a times where a student may be an excellent in-game leader versus one who is a face-to-face -face leader. And no matter what we can do to tap into that, by not offering this diverse um, activity opportunity for our students, we are cutting out some of those students who maybe don't identify with physical sports or don't identify with performance sports, live performance 
uh, events, excuse me. So it's important that we start to honor them as well, too, and honor their interest in games. The second indicator, build on the shared vision by collaboratively creating a strategic plan that articulates how technology will be used to enhance learning. Again, going back to the activity standards, uh, saying that you know by bringing in students, we can now start to uh, increase attendance, GPA, and AP participation. Um, by bringing in eSports, we are then saying, let's make that part of our um, learning plan. Let's increase those collegiate scholarship pathways. In the United States right now, they're predicting there's going to be over 200 schools that are going to offer scholarship opportunities for students in the next year. 200 schools. Just a few years ago, there was one. That was Robert Morris, and that was back in 2015. So we've gone, in three years, we've gone from one school offering an eSports scholarship to now almost 200 potentially coming up here in the next year. So it is important that we look at how we can use that technology so we're not just being passive Googlers, but we are looking at ways that we can use it in creative ways and ways that connect them into college and career readiness. And the third indicator, evaluate progress on the strategic plan, make course corrections, measure impact, and scale effective approaches for using technology to transform learning. This is where we look at our teams and we say, okay, we have success with one team here and we're focusing on the game League of Legends. Are we bringing in enough students? Are we giving our students enough opportunity to participate? Maybe we need to invest more in cameras, for example, because we want to do more shoutcasting. We have students who are really interested in video production. We have a lot of students who are interested in graphic design now. We have a lot of students who are excellent storytellers, and we want them to be uh, somebody who's then involved with the journalistic as aspects or blogging aspects. Do we have enough computers for our students to do data analysis of, of eSports events? So there's a lot of opportunity here for us to, um, to look at the, that standard and that indicator and make sure that we are using technology and the technology in appropriate ways. The third standard is the Empowering Leader Standard, and it reads as follows. Leaders create a culture where teachers and learners are empowered to use technology in innovative ways to enrich teaching and learning. And as I looked at that standard, I found four of the indicators, four of the five indicators that really resonated with eSports, and those being the first four, A, B, C, and D. Uh, indicator A says, empower educators to exercise professional agency, build teacher leadership skills, and pursue personalized professional learning. Empower educators. eSports is something that is so new and is really scary for a lot of people. For a lot of administrators, it is something that is steeped in stereotypes, that um, the, the idea of the scholar gamer is not something they understand. They seem to think more of the stereotypical gamer, which is the emaciated child sitting in a dark room for 10 hours um, and playing video games at all hours and losing sleep, okay? We need to find educators who are gamers themselves, who honor the, the, the culture and understand the bit of the culture of gaming and understand the games that we're asking our students to be part of. And we need to give them the flexibility to try something new because for a lot of them, majority of them, they've never been a gamer before, a gaming coach, I guess you could say. Now, I will say that as somebody who is trained to be a coach, uh, my minor at, in coaching at Purdue University has come in handy as I looked at this because... 
a lot of traditional coaching aspects are built right into esports coaching. You may not know every game, you may not know every uh, move, um, but the idea of coaching around building a structure for a team, setting a planned schedule, purposeful practice, expectations around nutrition, expectations around sleep, all these things are what a coach should be asking their players to do. That is something that we need to empower our educators to do too when we're talking about esports. Now, the second indicator of the standard is build the confidence and competency of educators to put the ISTE standards for students and educators into practice. I just did two podcasts on the ISTE standards for students. I highly recommend you go back and watch those or listen to them. I also, if you go to taoesports.com, I have several blog posts where I detail out each of the SD standards for students as well and how they connect with esports. So I recommend that you go back and look at those because you will be amazed at just how easy it is to connect the SD standards for students and esports together. The third indicator, inspire a culture of innovation and collaboration that allows the time and space to explore and experiment with digital tools. Culture of innovation. We are asking you through eSports to try something new. For a lot of educators, this is something that can be scary because they don't have all the answers. And as an educator myself, I understand what it's like to not have all the answers, how scary that can be. What's also even more scary is when you put your faith and trust sometimes in our students. And I can tell you this, is that I have never, when regard, with regards to eSports, been let down by a student. Students, when, with regards to eSports, have always, in my eyes, risen to, the, risen to the occasion of being something more than what we ask them to be as, as if I can say, passive learners in our school. Because they are intrinsically motivated, they do have uh, a sense of autonomy and they do have a sense of relatedness that um, comes through esports that really connects them into it. And it's those things, that, that intrinsic motivation to be in, involved with esports and do it in a way that we are honoring their interests is, um, is innovative. And it creates a new level of collaboration because as an educator, me not having all the answers, I have to go to the students sometimes and say, what do we do here? How do we do this? Let's plan this together. You know, we, we want our students to have that kind of advocacy. And yet it seems that a lot of times when we, when we say to them, do it, they don't know what to do because they're not trained in how to do it appropriately and properly. They, or they don't care to do it. Because school's going to happen whether or not they, they participate or not or have advocacy or not. In this case, though, that's a totally different mindset. We're saying this is something extracurricular, but it's important. Show me the teacher. You, the student, teach me the teacher how to do this. Explain this to me in ways that I'll understand. And the fourth indicator, support educators in using technology to advance learning that meets the diverse learning, cultural, and social-emotional needs of individual students. Again, what are we doing to honor our student gamers? What are we doing to bring in students into activities, school activities, who don't necessarily fit into the physical uh, sports or the performance arts, or students who have a physical disability 
that um, precludes them from participating to the level that they want to participate in those sports and activities. It, it, is, it is imperative that we bring this in. And when we talk about the cultural and social emotional needs, we're talking about um, not just our own culture, but connecting our culture to others. When we're talking about the social emotional needs, um, giving all students an opportunity to be successful at something. It says so much to just um, give a student the, the opportunity to show you what it is they can do and say, you know what, you play games, let's, let's bring you in not just to play games, but to be a leader and to educate others. That's empowering. That's empowering for a student to, to, to take that interest and harness it into something because that doesn't just carry into esports, that carries into other things as well too. And so it's important that we, um, as an empowered leader, we are also empowering others as well too. Standard four is the systems designer standard. And the standard reads as this, leaders build teams and systems to implement, sustain, and continually improve the use of technology to support learning. And in this standard, I, I want to point out that one of the things that I've struggled with in my own school district, and maybe some of you who are esports leaders in your district as well, too, have struggled with, is uh, funding and financing for your teams. And this past year, uh, two years ago, two and a half years ago, about two and a half years ago, I was part of a team that helped write a grant to purchase equipment for the Walden High School here in Racine, Wisconsin. And this past spring, I was part of a team that was a broader base that allowed us to look at esports again and say, let's get this into all comprehensive high schools, let's get the grant going again, and let's purchase the rest of the equipment. And despite our successes, the equipment was denied. Now, why was it denied? It's a good question. And the reason that it was denied is because the Racine Unified School District sees value in esports and it sees the importance of esports and it sees the impact of esports. And what they want to do now is rather than do this through grant funding, they want to sustain this. And it is important when we're looking at technology that we know that, that computers have a, a finite lifespan and we need to make sure that as we are deciding that we wish to take this leap further into esports and expand it, that we want to make sure that we can provide good equipment for our students so that they can have a, an excellent experience. We don't want to do this halfway. We want to do this fully because, again, we see the value in doing this. So... Of the standard, there's three, uh, four indicators, and three of them I saw value in. Um, the first one is B, and uh, it goes B, C, D. Those are the, the, the um, indicators I really focused on with esports. Uh, the second indicator, B, says ensure that resources for supporting the effective use of technology for learning are sufficient and scalable to meet future demand. That's what I just talked about, talked about with um, building out and building into your budget Esports, you're going to have to do it. Coaches have got to get paid. Equipment needs to be refreshed. And while travel is very limited, it is important to also consider travel because um, some of the ways that our students in Racine Unified School District have connected into colleges is through tournaments run through run by colleges where they invite students to the college campus 
and to allow them to participate. Robert Morris in particular in Chicago um, held their tournament and we were able to bring a team to that. So it's important to build those things in. Uh, the third indicator, uh, indicator C, says protect privacy and security by ensuring that students and staff observe effective privacy and da data management policies. You know, if we're talking about streaming uh, matches, we need to be cognizant of are your students um, able to even stream? Uh, have parents signed all waivers? Have we done everything to protect our students from um, uh, mis misuse of, of, of feeds, things of that nature? Um, and then the fourth indicator, establish partnerships that support strategic vision, achieve learning priorities, and improve operations. What I love about this fourth indicator is it used to be in the past that when students talked about their careers, there was high school, and then maybe they would go off to their career. Or there was high school, then college, and then they would go off to their career. And maybe occasionally along the way there would be an internship. Because of the nature of esports, what has started to happen is that students are connecting into the esports culture a lot earlier than other students are connecting into uh, traditional business. And what that then means is that as students are preparing to go off to college, from the high school level to college, they may have a better idea about how they want to be involved in the gaming industry. This is an industry that esports itself is growing to be. Um, a multi-billion dollar industry. It'll, it'll cap a, a billion dollars uh, this coming year. But when you think about the gaming industry as a whole and the entertainment industry in the United States, the United States, one of their biggest um, revenue generating things in, this, in the country and around the world is the entertainment. Think about that. Movie, it falls under movies, it falls under music, it falls under games multimedia corporations. I mean, we're talking, this is, this is a huge industry that we're asking students to, who are interested in it and, and saying, yeah, let's get them involved in it in a great way. And because of esports, they are able then to start making those business connections well before they leave high school. Um, they become known people to companies before they leave for college. Um, I don't know if students who have made the leap directly from high school um, into a business like Blizzard or Riot Games. Um, but I do know that there are students who have been streamers for years um, before setting foot in college. And not just streaming their content and streaming their play, but could be professional gamers or even um, revenue generators. Okay, So it's important, again, that um, as we design these systems, um, that we understand that this technology will support broader learning goals, not just what you see in the classroom, but also what you're going to see going forward. And the fifth standard, the connected learner standard says, leaders model and promote continuous professional learning for themselves and others. And all of the indicators of this standard um, fall into, um, fall into esports. So the first indicator says, set goals to remain current in emerging, on emerging technologies for learning, innovations in pedagogy, and advancement in learning sciences. The second says, participate regularly in online professional learning networks and collaboratively learn with and mentor other professionals. C says, use technology to regularly engage in reflective practices that support personal and professional growth. And four, develop the skills needed to lead and navigate change 
advanced systems, and promote a mindset of continuous improvement for how technology can improve learning. When I look at all those indicators, yes, they all reflect in esports. You, as a professional educator, uh, would be expected to remain current on, on trends, to participate in online PD, to use the technology to engage in reflective practices. The biggest one of these, the last one, promote a mindset of continuous improvement for how technology can improve learning. Again, get if you're going to the ESD conference this week, I beg of you, find something that is not Google Apps. Find something that is not selling a product. Find something that isn't tied to a product. I do recommend, again, going to see the presentation by Tom Turner and Kurt Squire around esports and STEM and English education because I think it's fascinating work that they've done. I've read their curriculum, high school curriculum for uh, 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th grade. I think it's fabulous curriculum. I think it does an excellent job of connecting students into the industry. And um, technology being a part of it, it is something that can improve learning. And the mindset of continuous improvement, that's growth mindset, folks. That is saying, here's where I feel successful. Here's where I need improvement. Here's where I need to grow. And it's through those things that uh, esports and the um, education leader uh, can connect. So that will do it for this week on the Academy of Esports. I've been your host, James O'Hagan. You may follow me on Twitter, at Jim O'Hagan. That's at J-I-M-O-H-A-G-A-N. And while you're at it, you can also follow at T-A-O Esports on Twitter. That's the Academy of Esports Twitter feed. So at T-A-O Esports on Twitter. It's a great way to get the latest blog posts, podcast episodes, and news coming out of the esports and education world. And remember, you can continue your engagement by going to www.taoesports.com. You can also follow the latest in esports news and research directly impacting education, carefully curated by me through Flipboard or your favorite RSS app. There are links right on the TAO website to integrate that into your RSS app or Flipboard. You can also connect through Facebook at www.facebook.com slash TAO Esports. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to our time again next week.